0: You're listening to Do What You Want Radio, a podcast series for creative entrepreneurs, freelancers, and those ready to learn how to do what they want. I'm your host, Jordan Heffler. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Do What You Want Radio. Today, I am Skyping Connor, the founder of Seven, visual Craftsmen in Charleston, South Carolina.
1: Hey, what's going on?
0: Not much. Connor was just telling me how he just cracked open a beer, so he is on brand for the day. I am just doing LaCroix because yeah. I have stuff to do after this, but I appreciate you drinking a beer with me virtually.
1: Hey, it's 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 a, it's a pregame to five o'clock, right?
0: Right. Well, where you are, it's four, and where I am, it's three, so you're even closer. Not fair.
1: Oh, man. Right.
0: I've never been to Charleston. I hear it's like very similar to New Orleans, but a lot cleaner.
1: Oh, yeah. And it is I mean, now it's like I mean, I've been here for almost 11 years now, and I've seen a huge change in the development of it. But honestly, it's a huge foodie town, Um, great beaches that are close. And I mean, when it's not sweltering hot out, like, you know, just going out cruising around the streets is probably one of the best things you can do.
0: Well, I watch a little bit of Southern Charm. I know that's probably irrelevant to this podcast, but they're all in Charleston. (laughs) So that's the only like thing I know about Charleston.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, that is not the depiction of Charleston. That is not the real Charleston at all, so.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, I can um, expect that. But, okay, well, so let's get into everything. So I want to hear a little bit about you and what you do, because I met you at CROP, the Graphic Design Conference, Mm -hmm. Um, and anyone listening, I did an interview with Matt Dawson, who started CROP, so if you want to go back and listen to that, you can hear more about that conference, but that's where I met Connor. And we kind of hit it off a little bit and decided to do this podcast episode because you are a fellow creative entrepreneur.
1: For sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've started the business about five years ago and it's called Seven, A Visual Craftsman. And the whole, you know, meaning behind it was, so seven is, everybody's like, why is it seven? Uh, Well, seven has been my lucky number and it's also just followed me around through life, you know, and then when I got into design, uh, I found like sevens a great part to work with, with ratios and stuff. And then uh, as far as the a visual craftsman side came into it, is the visual part is knowing that, like, okay, I can develop these ideas and concepts. And then the craftsman side is, is I have a background in, uh, like, manufacturing. And so I know how to build things. And I love working with my hands. And also, too, I didn't want to call it connor lock designs and go from there because i felt like that would pigeonhole me into a a certain genre or set so i developed i I did a bigger picture the whole idea with seven is to grow and to become a full-on brand and then i have a production artist that helps me with large scale models and building stuff and it's uh it's it's awesome i mean like starting a business is not easy at all. And I definitely have stumbled and fallen like a million times to figure it out. So,
0: so the connection's a little wonky. So repeat that Mm -hmm. one part about how you have a production assistant. So it's just you and that person.
1: Yes.
2: Okay. Uh, So,
1: yeah, so it's, uh, it's myself and a production artist that helps with large scale, murals, uh, signage projects, uh, anything that requires the, the craftsman side of, of the business, mm-hmm. of building it out. Uh, and I would love for it to keep growing. I mean, that, that's it. the best part about it is working with somebody else is like, wow, I get to pay another creative to, to work with me? Like, that's, that's the, the coolest thing I can think about of developing a business is paying artists what they're worth, and getting to hang out with cool people and also get inspired by them as well because they have their their own set of creative skills as well.
0: So how long did you do it by yourself before you brought somebody else on to help?
1: Uh, I'd say about four and a half years. Okay. <laughs> well, well, maybe, maybe around year four, uh, I brought somebody on um, and started bringing them on to projects and you know, it, it just developed into something where, you know, he still he still got his stuff that he does, but he also is working with me on whatever kind of projects that would come to the table. So, it's a.
0: Uh, I was gonna say, how did you know that it was time to have somebody else help?
1: Uh, well, when it came to the a specific project where it was a, I just did all the brand work for a uh, new restaurant in Charleston. And also they wanted me to do all the hand-painted signage. And it was a four-foot by 27-foot t- long, like, graphic that I had, that I designed that needed to be painted on the, you know, first story of the building. And I couldn't do that by myself. So yeah. <laughs> that would be a little difficult. And, yeah, my uh, good buddy, Jonathan, uh was a good fit and he i met him through actually through skateboarding and he came up to me when we were skating at our local skate spot and he's like hey man he's like I, I see all your work all over charleston he's like i really dig it um he's like i'm an artist as well he's like i'd love to show you my portfolio and maybe work with you sometime and i thought okay you know and i checked his stuff out and uh then i kind of brought him in on some like little things just to see how we would work together. And we did a a collaboration mural um, at our local skate spot and he just did really well. And I was like, all right, I'm going to bring him on to a paid project. And after we finished like painting this mural for this restaurant, uh, he, yeah, really surprised me with his work ethic and just like how well we work together. And I was like, man, now I got to have this dude to to work with me on these kind of projects
0: so do y'all have like a studio space or do you work on location? Do you work from home?
1: Um, got a studio space. It's actually, so it works out. I, I uh, My studio is at a contemporary art center in Charleston called uh, Redux. Uh, and it is, there's about like 40 different artists in there, all with different size studios. And my studio is actually, well, Jonathan just moved into the studio next to mine um, that he does his own like personal artwork in there too. But it's great now, like that, you know, when he works with me, we're just back and forth working together on. So when we have to lay out new big projects, um, yeah, I just knock on the door. He just comes in and it works. So, and the whole thing too, is I feel like that giving like giving him the opportunity to also just, he has a ton of other projects that he works on too. Um, It's a very like, there's no like, all right, nine to five, you got to be in the studio hours. It's like, all right, we have a project. Let's knock this out. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that works the best because honestly, I don't feel like I would want to restrict him from, doing the things that he needs to do too and I feel like that makes him a sharper artist as well because he's out learning himself as well
0: so y'all are more almost like co-people versus like boss and apprentice
1: oh yeah (laughs) I don't like the term I don't ever want to be like somebody's boss like that's I I I want people it's more I feel like we're stronger together than like and creating like a unit than like I'm the boss you do what I say like Mm -hmm. it's it's like a team group effort so anytime where I brought in more people like than just Jonathan that's the whole thing is like we're all in this together like obviously like I'm the project manager of everything but then it's it's like I want to hear you guys' ideas and I want to get everybody's input and we want to like not like create a strong front to knock this project out
0: were you always doing design work like were you always a creative person or did you just start this business kind of one day on a whim
1: uh, all right so here's the here's the full scoop of like how this whole thing started I I went to school for graphic design uh, and then uh, worked in design agencies for a few years and saw what to do and what not to do and it got to the point where I, I started I left a design agency and then went I had a freelance class client that hired me as their creative director for this international signage corporation and it was it was great for the first couple of years you know I got to travel the world and work on some huge projects um, but then it just like it went from uh, doing some creative work to just strictly the manufacturing and it was like it, it got to be it was killing me creatively essentially I was more of just a production artist and the direction that the company was going was more manufacturing than doing new creative project uh, projects and everything. So, you know, I ended up leaving that spot and uh, going to uh, a design uh, conference. It was a Converge in uh, Columbia, South Carolina, and I went just to figure, you know, what am I going to do? I was going to go look for a job and. I'd sent out a project proposal earlier, uh, before that. And right as the keynote speaker was coming on, I got a phone call from that proposal and they said, Hey, we really love your work. Uh, we'd love to sign the contract and get you a deposit check and start this project. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like I never thought that would happen. And so I went through the whole conference that day and just couldn't get that out of my mind. I was like, Mm -hmm. wait a second. I was like, maybe like I could do something. And so I woke up and just like sketched out my business plan and sketched out the idea for the brand and just decided to do it literally that night. And I came back to Charleston and gave it a go. Like I, I started the company on all my own dime and it was not easy. The first first two years like were uh, there were just times where you're like screaming at yourself like mm-hmm. what the fuck am I doing like <laughs> you know you go from like oh I get a direct deposit check every single Friday and I have my health insurance cover like you know just this sweet cushion and then you're going like it's like man like I, I don't know how I'm gonna eat you know like right. there's there was a lot of learning spots but the most defining moment was after like the two years in i i gave myself a number i was like if i got to this number like i'm gonna have to pack it in and figure out something else to do go get a job and i got 17 dollars away from that number (laughs) and i remember just it was like like a week before the end of the month and i went out and uh sat on my porch and cracked a beer and just sat there like what the fuck am I going to do like rent's coming up like I don't have any money like whose lawn am I going to mow like who what odd jobs can I do to like make this thing work and there I'm like all right flip my phone open open my inbox like all right maybe something will be in there and I scroll through and I see uh this uh, project proposal that I sent out like six months ago Like, I forgot it. I thought they, like, looked at it and were like, screw this guy. Like, we don't, yeah, whatever. And I open it up and it says, hey, Connor, you know, sorry we are just getting back to you now. Our budgets for the year have been replenished. Like, uh, we'd love to start this project with you. And I'm like, holy shit.
0: It's crazy how stuff like that happens, but it does. That's exactly how it always happens. Do you believe in, like, weird universe manifestation stuff?
1: Oh, totally. I mean, especially after that, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, (laughs) like that was like the lowest of the low. I mean, I, I, it it was rough, like, and it it took it, not only just a mental toll on me, but like, I mean, people around me, like, I didn't see people for a while, like,
0: Because it's almost embarrassing, because you're like, oh, like, Everyone's supportive when you're doing well, but then like when you're not doing well, it's like almost like embarrassing to go out because you're like, yeah, I don't have any work right now. Don't look at me. You know, I um, go through those like right now. It's summertime. It's so hard to be a photographer in the summer. Like nobody yeah. wants photos. It's hot.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to picture of me all sweaty. Yeah, and I don't <laughs> want to
0: sweat taking it of you. So no, I, I've totally. Had those times, and it's kind of embarrassing because you're like, Man, I'm doing this wrong, or like, Why am I even doing this at all? Like, everyone hates me, nobody wants me, (laughs) and Mm then something cool comes along, and you're like, Oh, it's normal again,
1: yeah. And that's what I and two, it's tough, like having nobody around because I ran the business out of my second bedroom house, Mm -hmm. and so the whole time I'm like alone, just alone all the time, and then it's like you're the own worst critic, and I would projects would take so much longer because I'm like, no, is this wrong? Like, oh no. Okay. No, it's good. No, it's not. And I would just fight myself constantly. And it, it was just tough because like when you're starting there, you don't want to look like a chump mm-hmm. and you don't want to like, you don't want to put out bad work because it's a reflection of the brand. Like, And it was tough. So I, I definitely lost a lot of hours of me just being in my own head and and then when I started releasing that and just letting go, like it, it worked. Because the thing the things that you think that suck, like so many times I've like sent out or just like a rough concept, and like people were like, This is incredible. <laughs> it, and then you're like, like, oh man, but it could be more than you no, know, and and then I like explain, like, well, this is just the ground, you know. I uh, it's interesting. So like after that big breakthrough, like honestly that I mean, I went, like, three months with zero dollars. Like, it was, everything was just in the red. <laughs> right. I was, I was seeing red for a long time, and I, you know, was so thankful that project came through. And, and then also, too, like, projects like that just, like, legitimized the business so much more. And I never did any advertising or anything. Uh, it was just like, all right, I just need to do the work, and the work will speak for itself. Um, but I also did something too, I'm like, well, I don't have any money. I'm broke as shit. So I what I what do I have a lot of right now? I have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So I would just I would offer my time, like I go and I'd have like little I'd work with local uh like restaurants or uh bars and be like, Hey, I'm gonna do a thing called Pints and Canvas and where people come in and like they we'll get, like, a little discount on the booze and stuff, and I'll just, like, show them, like, do, like, drawing tutorials. And we just drink and draw, and then the best thing they could do for me is just spread the word of the business. So mm-hmm. I did that for, you know, while I was broke as shit, and just, it, it worked well, because then I was, like, bringing the, the businesses, extra people and new people that haven't been to the restaurant or bar, and then they were able to, like, promote me. So... That's how I kind of worked around the whole being broke as shit. You know, that's like thing. a true
0: like hustle story. And I think, I don't know, I talk about this with a lot of creative people too. And we all go back and forth. But sometimes I, I have my ego where I'm like, I'm too good to do that for free. You owe me this much money. I'm not doing that. I don't have time for that. I'm too good for that. Then I have times where I'm rock bottom and I'm like selling like shoes on Poshmark. Because I'm like, yo, I need to <laughs> make rent. And now I will take anything that comes to me because... I need money. And so to go back and forth, back and forth. And then, so sometimes in those times where it's like, that's not like bad to go do something that doesn't really make you money up front. It's just another form of marketing or hustling or just like filling your time. And I forget about those things until it's like almost too late to where I'm like so desperate that I just like am too, like not motivated to even do it. I don't even know if that made sense, but, like, I go through that every summer. Every summer for me is, like, the valley, like, where I make (laughs) a lot of money in the spring and then I spend it because I think that's normal for me. And then, like, summer comes along and I'm, like, oh, I have no work. I have very little work. (laughs) Like, days are longer. I hate everything. But it's because I feel that way that I'm also not motivated to do anything about it because it's, like – a hamster uh, wheel. So doing stuff like that, like that's how I feel when I do like a market, like I'm vending at a market and I select like five things and I'm like, this was a waste of time, this is stupid, but it's not because people come up to me and they talk to me or they're like, oh, I heard your podcast or like, oh, I saw this or you never, you know, can count it as like a waste. So it's kind of cool to hear that you were hustling even when you weren't like truly yeah. like making ends meet at the time.
1: No, yeah. So I mean, that that was the thing is like my, I didn't want to ever I just was like, gosh, all I have time, I have time, and I have skills right now. But I didn't want to go direct to, like, I didn't want to just like offer my services up for free because then that's going to give the perception like, oh, well, then his services are free.
0: Right. So if you want to work with like, well, people, again how can I, later? Like,
1: kind of teach people and get people engaged? Like, and it worked out because like now like the majority of my clients are like food and bed and bars and everything, and it's because I. I Show an interest there, even though I couldn't really afford to go drink at a lot of their places at the time. Mm -hmm. I would still try and do events there. I'm like, well, how could I get in there and offer them this? And you know, it was almost like a uh, an event barter system, Mm -hmm. kind of. And then then they know who you are, and they're like, oh, and they check out your work. Like, oh, well, we we're actually getting ready to do a rebrand, so we'd love you to do this, or hey, we'd love for you to paint a mural, or your hand painted signage is awesome we'd love to have some hand painted signage around the place so it kind of worked in that way like and and i didn't even really intend for it to do that i was just like hey i just want to like let people know that. yeah exactly and not and also to get out of my second bedroom like yeah i'm a i'm a people person so i it, it was very tough to me to be in that bedroom like behind my computer and my drawing desk for hours on end and like, just feel like, am I quarantined from the world? Like,
0: <laughs> right. Right. Well, and I'm so, like I said, summer sucks for me. And I anticipated it coming. It was like May started and mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, here we go. Like it's about to, everyone's graduating. No more senior pictures. Nobody wants family pictures. There's no more events. It's too hot. Uh <laughs> It's about to happen where I don't have anything to do. And I had already been thinking about adopting a dog. And so I did. And that's been a whole, Irrelevant part of life, but it's been really great to get me out of the house and to go do stuff and kind of give me a different purpose. Because otherwise, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm just like over analyzing everything, wishing that I had yeah. more work or making work and hating it or sweating whatever. So, uh, <laughs> like you said, just to get out sometimes is so good. And so talking about that too, like so conferences. You've already mentioned. I know I met you at the conference, and you mentioned you went to another. Are you like a networking mm-hmm. kind of conference buff? Uh,
1: not really. I mean, I. <sighs> So the the conference that I went to and and uh, where I started the business, mm-hmm. well, got the idea to start it, was I would have never been able to go because I couldn't afford it. Like I, my old bosses, um, actually paid for me to go, as like is like part of my severance package with them and everything and they were super cool they like they they understood like that i was like viciously overqualified for what i was doing at that mm-hmm. company and like you know they're like we're just not in the creative realm um, we're just going to go the direction of manufacturing and they were like god yeah they they hooked it up big time so big shout out to greg and pat of the born group they they were key factors of seven being a reality today so mm-hmm and but so the whole conference thing i i never sought out to go to conferences it was kind of just happened to i'd get an offer to do it and then i'm like yeah sure okay um and even like with crop like the time i went to crop was uh my buddy grizzly wheeler who uh, prints all my shirts for all my clients and everything he uh he said i went by the shop to get on a, a project that i was doing with a client he was like hey man he's like what are you doing these dates uh you want to uh drive with me to uh baton rouge to go to this conference and i'm like uh, yeah, sure. What's it about? And uh, he's like, dude. He's like, don't worry about. It. I think you'll super like it. So I jumped in the car with him, rode out, and went to crop. And you know, I didn't. I didn't go to the conference side of it. Like, I just like helped him with the vendor tent and everything. So I just brought my skateboard and like skated around Baton Rouge and hung out. And then, but I also got to meet like a lot of the presenters and and Matt and Ariadne. I Just talked with them, and then they found out a little bit about what I do and they were like oh man you should totally come back and actually do this conference and I did uh, this year uh, yeah it's incredible so and each time I've met like so many substantial people but I never like seek out like okay I'm gonna meet me so and so and this and that like right. I literally just go as a, go as a human and just see where it takes me and I, I it's it's worked so far so and also too I, I never want to sell anything to people because I feel like people can sniff that out. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: I just try and create friendships. And then if business or inspiration stuff comes from it, I mean, like, I mean, just like, like we had some beers at the little after party and they were like, Oh, let's do a podcast. Like,
0: yeah, it's super simple.
1: And it's yeah. People overanalyze it. I mean, I guess that's a tip to listeners out there. It's just like, you know, it doesn't have to be super uh, planned out or anything. Just let things sort of happen. Just engage with humans and just, let it sort of naturally come because things will open up. And I know that sounds like, Oh, well you got all this stuff going on, but it, it honestly does. And it's position. If you position yourself, life is all about like positioning. If you position yourself in the right places, then things are, things will happen. Like I, yeah. I guarantee.
0: Yeah. I get a lot of people who message me and stuff. Cause I'm very overly social. Like, and I can mm-hmm. talk to anyone and I talk on my Instagram stories and I get on the podcast, whatever. Like, That doesn't mean that I'm, like, super confident. Like, I'm doing the best. It just means I'm comfortable. I don't really care. But people always message me, and they'll be like, oh, how did you start, like, talking on your Instagram stories? Like, I'm too scared to do that. And I'm like, you're overthinking it. Like, you're talking to me right now. (laughs) It's the same difference. And so people overthink networking as, like, this thing that's, like, it's a, like, an event. They have to, like they have to go out and they have to network and it's like a task and I'm like it's really not like you're networking every time you're going to the grocery store and you're talking to someone in the checkout line like it's not this big to do and maybe I'm just like way more comfortable with it because I was like a student council nerd and a sorority girl and I'm just like chatty Kathy but (laughs) people really overthink it and I'm like so many random one-off job opportunities have come from me just like knowing someone who knew someone or my name was passed along because they saw my booth at an event or because they heard my podcast yeah, yeah. or because they saw me credited on an Instagram photo someone reposted. posted and that's all networking is it's not like this big thing that you have to like subscribe to this idea that you have to go out and like meet 10 people and you have to like have all their phone numbers and that's why I don't like people who go out to these formal business conferences and all they do you can tell like you said when they're selling to you they, yeah. they show up they got their yeah. card they're trying to pitch you on something and I'm like, I'm here to learn just as much as you are. I'm not here to, like, purchase your services. I'm here to make friends with you, maybe to have commonality in what we do. But I'm not trying yeah. to, like, hire you right now. So it's always so uh, easy yeah. when people come up to you and just go straight at that,
1: like that. Totally. So and that that makes me think of uh, – so I've also been asked to, like, talk to like, some of the local colleges here to the students and kind of tell them a little bit of how I started the business and also to just – what to expect when you go out in the world and the biggest thing that I kind of give in my talks is telling them that when especially like when you're coming straight out of school is and now as a business owner it's like uh, people coming out of school it's like everybody's asking for something like, like they when you hit up a business to work for them it's like oh I want this job like give it to me give it to me give it to me and like that's what you hear all the time it's like and that's never gonna get through the, the the stack of papers. Like, if anything, like change your perception of. Think about all right. Somebody's running a business. You want to be a part of that. You know, why don't you go in with, uh, rather than the I want mentality, and go in with how can I help mentality. Mm-hmm. Like use use the H word as much as you can, and you know help. And when. Because, like, if you tell a business, like, hey, how can I – I want to help you out. Like, one, that's going to trigger something in, in their brain saying, like, oh, man, like, yeah, there's this one thing that I'm, like, working on that I could use help on that. Because we all need help. We all need help. Mm-hmm. That's, like, the, the universal code is, like, the, whatever you're doing, that you can always use a little bit of help on something. So that's my tip to also, you know – anybody that's trying to start up a business or side project or whatever, and you're trying to get into a industry or a culture or something um, is before you do or say, say anything else, just ask, how can I help? Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you, you'll build so, so many more strong relationships with people out there. Well- and I'm- opportunities from your department
0: mentality so that goes along with like I mean I do a little bit of like influencer stuff on social media I am not by any means like making a living off of it but I get all these spammy type emails from companies who are just like hey we want you to post about this and it's just like okay if you would have approached it more of like this product will help you it fits into your life and it fits into the audience that we think you have and their lives like that makes more sense versus like hey can you just post this thing for me and get yeah. the word out and I'm like I'm going to be more apt to consider posting about it if it's something that will provide value to me and it's the same thing when I'm trying to approach like yeah. somebody to do like a trade or a collaboration with it's not just like hey you have all this cool stuff happening I want to be part of that it's more like I can provide photos for you, and you can provide this for me, and like, look how even of a trade that is. Type, you know, mentality. Sure. And it's the same thing, like you said, with people trying to go in to get a job. Like people get like, butthurt about it sometimes. And I think it's like you said, if you're just going to go in and try to be like, make it all about you, it's not really going to help the two way street part of it.
1: No, no, and I mean, it also, it, it's yeah, the help thing is, and I and I learned that just from also traveling around the world and like experiencing different cultures and being in different social movements and stuff. Like, I mean, I spent uh, time out on the front lines of standing rock as well. And it was, that was the biggest thing when I was at the base camp there was the elders would say, if you see anybody out there, the first thing that should be out of your mouth is how can I help? Because it was a, it was a community effort. And, I feel like that plays, a, I took that mentality to the business as well. It's mm-hmm. like, we are a huge community and we all need help. So if, you're, if you come out the gate and give that impression of like, how can I help? It, it just help, it, it builds the, a tighter knit community all around. So, right,
0: and it goes back to you providing value to your clients, your employer, your mm-hmm. social media audience, whoever, like if you're not providing value, then kind of like, what's the point? -hmm. Like some people, yeah. Nobody
1: wants. Nobody wants to listen to it. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, how? What's the value? Because everybody's so short on time. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I don't have. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. Everybody's so busy. So, I feel like more and more people are curating what they're consuming. So, when they do, if you do want to get that information to them, it's like, well. How much value is they going to get from it like is are you going to be able to stop them on that scroll you know is mm-hmm. that thumb going to stop on your your information like what mm-hmm. what is it about so yeah, yeah. it's a weird world like I, I, I do feel like that there is a point where we get to that when when is all like the advertising kind of kind of change and people are going to really be into the you know, how can I learn something? Like what? Like I can. I'm gonna only consume this and that and that. So I don't know. How do you feel about all that?
0: Um. So like I was talking about, I'm I'm kind of nerdy about social media stuff. I don't have a bajillion followers. I don't do influencer stuff for a living. But I am very fascinated by the industry. I, as a photographer, I work with other bloggers and stuff. And they are people who like that's how they make a living. And it's it's a strange world that we live in now because part of me is just thinking like that's advertising and that's probably more genuine advertising than a TV commercial but the other Mm -hmm. part of me is like the fact that it's so accessible for anyone to do, it's so saturated like how true is anything anymore (laughs) so like, if if anyone can talk about the brand and promote it then like it's like if everyone's doing it then no one's doing it, you know mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, it's a very interesting world we live in and I don't even know if that's what you were talking about but advertising in general like the whole social media aspect of how everything is working now. Like I I see it as a very beneficial thing. And as a photographer, social media is my number one way. I get jobs and it's also the first place that I want someone to speak highly of me about because I realize that that's somebody who's gonna influence and advertise my business for me if they truly are happy with the work I did. Um, And so I wanna be the same way with brands that I appreciate and like, but then there's also the, the monetizable part of it. And then there's you know, the authenticity part of it. So, I don't know. That was kind of just a ramble in a circle. But it's just a big, it's a strange thing that's happening now. But I'm very fascinated and I like staying up to date with how that world's working because I think it is good. But it can also be bad. But it can be used for more good than bad, I think.
1: Yeah, I like to believe the more good side than the bad. But there's a lot of bad out there. So, yeah. I, I do wonder, though, like, So, like what the future is going to kind of hold for uh especially like the design world because i feel like the the amount of content like one side of it's like whoa the the rate that people are consuming content is insane so that means like you know i've seen it with like some of my clients are like oh we need instagram posts we need facebook event posts and you know have to create these graphics so quick but then also too it's like well then the then the the budgets are also dropping as well, because they're like, well, right. we need this content so quickly, like we can't spend X amount of dollars exactly. on it. Exactly. Like, and then, it's also too like, well, I can't really make something, like all the stuff that you're wanting me to make, like that takes several hours to do.
0: And at your I rate, it's I, not worth it for them, for them amount they need.
1: Exactly, yeah. so
0: it's, it's, it's the same with photography. Oh. It's, it's a oh. weird, and I find it to be worse, in the music industry, because I, I like to photograph music, if it were up to me, I yeah. would photograph only music. I would just live
1: heck yeah off of music <laughs> photography.
0: However, music photography is the least lucrative part of my music, or my, um, my business. Like, mm-hmm. bands are broke. Labels are broke. No one's buying CDs. Everyone's touring. You're only making money off merch. So, if anything, the designers mm-hmm. are probably benefiting the most out of all this. Um, right. But music photographers very rarely get paid and if they do they get paid little and people are going to be all pissy about this when i talk about it but it's me getting a senior portrait gig is going to pay way more than me getting a music gig even if the music gig's 6 hours longer
2: <laughs> yeah you know yeah.
0: and it's just and but it's a matter of like i like doing that more now it's the same problem where print publications are kind of going away so photographers are losing work so everything's digital well so because everything's digital that means there's more to be made like you said people need instagram posts they need social media graphics they need a facebook cover photo they need a gif for their instagram they need a profile picture they need whatever so there's more work to be had but also because it's digital people don't value it the same So the rates are down. So And because there's lots of people who come out of college who want to do it for free. They're trying to get experience. So there's so many people who will do it for free that it kind of has burst the bubble. Myself included. But it's because it's a vicious cycle of, like, everyone's doing it for free. So then, like, no one pays. So then (laughs) you take the jobs that you can get paid. But they're they're so much lower than. So I just, like. I kind of stopped fighting the battle. The first couple of years, I was so annoyed. I'm like, I'm working my butt off. I'm going to all these concerts. I'm paying for parking. I'm driving an hour. I'm staying till 2 a.m. I'm doing this on yeah. the other. And I'm either getting paid a little bit or nothing. And then the band will repost my photo with no credit. So it's like, okay, so after oh. all that, like I didn't even get like a Instagram follower that might hire me, you know? So that's where social yeah. media is so important for me because it, it's not just numbers. It's like these are potential clients or other mm-hmm. bands might see it or the label might see it or whoever. Um, yeah. so it's frustrating and then, so you kind of give up and then you're just like, well, I'll just keep doing like the senior pictures cause that's like consistent money or I'll just do the family portraits and it's not my passion, but right. it's at some point you have to do what pays the bills. Um, so I couldn't focus more on that, but it's come to a point now where I'm getting bigger opportunities and jobs with companies and entities like festivals and sponsorships mm-hmm. that have bands at their event or whatever where they're paying but like i said it's still so much different like the market is so much lower than like a normal event i could just shoot like i could shoot someone's baby shower and make more money probably so yeah and that's just a long explanation but it's kind of the same as like the design because everything's social media content so in one way it's created more work but in other ways it's like devalued it so totally
1: i don't know yeah so i did just uh think about something too when you were saying like okay these these bands so here's a little idea for you i can Maybe it'll work out, maybe, I don't know. But is, so you're shooting these photos for these bands who you say don't have a budget or whatnot or pay very little, and what they do sell is merch? Well, what about your photograph, DTG, you know what that is, direct-to-garment printing? Okay. Photo Selling off, like, the rights to your photo so they can make photograph T-shirts,
0: Well, that's, like, on my bucket list is to have one of my photographs on someone's, like, band shirt. It hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Because also, with, like, local bands and stuff, yeah, that'd be easy. But with bigger artists, there's licensing, there's, like, selling their likeness, and it's Uh kind of wishy-washy. And then, like, if I want to sell a photo to a company who wants to use that image for their entire – like, Paul McCartney. That's never going to happen. But if Paul (laughs) McCartney took – my picture I took of him, which I still haven't taken any of him, and wanted to sell it at his tour. Like, he would sell so much of it. I'd have to sell the rights yeah. of that photo so high to compensate that, like, yeah. unless you're Paul McCartney, you're totally. not going to ever afford the licensing. But I see what you're saying, where it's just kind of, like, a collaborative type thing. And that would probably work with, like, a smaller band, or, like a local band who just wants to sell some merch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is it kind of similar with design work, with licensing and such? Like, I don't even know how that works.
1: Uh Yeah, to the extent. Like, it... With licensing, um, it depends all on the scale of the project. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times, I I just sell out the the flat files to people, mm-hmm. uh, and if they want to continue to like have the like files, then they have to pay three times the pro- whole project total to buy those out. Because essentially, they're buying your creative intellect. Yeah. So licensing, I mean, with design, it's it usually i ju- i just give them a a price for you know that particular project and there's only been a couple circumstances where it has i've had to have the licensing um into it but most of the time it's like you know i i get a high enough budget on the project to where it covers it and and i look at it this way like they they get the project done and they use it and cuz at the end of the day it's like what I re- repeat to all my clients is like, I want you guys to be successful. And cause if you're successful, like it's gonna, it's gonna be a two way street. Mm-hmm. So I haven't done my job if, if you guys aren't doing well. So, and I think that resonates really well. Cause I look at it also too, from like the production and manufacturing side that I had as well is like, okay, it's one thing to design all this stuff, but like, let's talk about how we're going to get this stuff produced how it's going to get out there, and how how you're going to take the designs that Seven creates for you and generate revenue. Right, based on and what I mean for you. Totally. And I think that's a differentiator with, with my business, business um, is – and I'm not saying all. Like there's – I guarantee you there's other businesses that do the same thing. But just here I've noticed like a lot of people, a lot of clients have told me like, wow, like we're really – Blown away that that you have such a, uh, a an in depth uh, insight of like the end goal of this, like how you're going to use it. Because a lot of times they pay for designs and they just get a a Dropbox of the designs and they're like, all right, pay the final deposit and then figure it out yourself. Kind of kind of mentality. So the difference when they get when they work with Seven is that I mean I I walk them through the whole process and especially when they do like an, an identity project, it's I do, like, team or individual tutorials on how to implement these graphics into their business. Uh, and then there's also, like, an option for a, uh, like, a re like, a check-in, like, after a few months to be, like, hey, are you guys, how are things going? Is, you know, is things still working out? Like, do we need to adjust? And that works out, too. So they're paying for my time to, Come in and do like sort of like an audit on mm-hmm. how things are rolling to make sure that this this tool, this identity package that they've used, is is being lucrative and working for them. Um, and it's also worked in the same way as they'll be like, oh, well, we did that check in, like yeah, you know, we realized we don't have the time to do all this stuff, so we would actually like for you to do all this design stuff. So it in turn it is just one built up stronger relationships with clientele. And then, two, also helped with, um, you know, cash flow and generating more revenue with projects. Mm-hmm.
0: So. I, I find that clients are usually pretty appreciative when you explain what it is you're doing and why.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think a lot of time, and that's partially why I have this podcast, too, because if people listening don't know anything about what I'm talking about or what you do, people just don't know, like – they don't know, like this because I do a little yeah. design work, not a whole lot, but it's like when someone sends me, like, a Google Doc with, like, a logo copied and pasted in the Google Doc, and I'm like, just send me the logo file. Like, why are you sending it to yeah. me, like, pasted in a Google Doc, because now I can't get it out. Or they yeah, send, but
1: people just don't know. They just don't know. Just and don't. for
0: us, it's so common sense. I've been playing on Photoshop since, like, fourth grade. Like, just save it as, like, a PNG. Save it as a JPEG. People don't know the difference. They don't understand. And so it's, like, just educating them. <laughs> Is I think underestimated because sometimes yeah. I'm just like frustrated with the world, or like for photography, a lot of people yeah. will, I send like a gallery with a download code, so like all my photos are watermarked until you get the password to download the high res files. Well, people will yeah. screenshot it in the gallery crop into it put a filter on it post it on instagram and then like tag me because they're so excited and i'm like please stop promoting this <laughs> terrible <laughs> thing you just posted because i i sent you like the actual exactly. files but they just don't know so it's almost like yeah i need to i probably should just make like a tutorial pdf on like this is how you freaking download your photos and the right and wrong ways to use them but kind of similar to you with your design stuff but i think people are usually pretty open to learning because they just don't know
1: oh yeah yeah, and it's, and people, yeah, people like to learn, and and it goes back to that whole thing of help. Like, people really appreciate when you help them out because, I mean, a lot of people, yeah, exactly, what you said, don't know. To us, it's commonality, and it's you know, it's common and easy to us. But a lot of people, it's a different language, and so that kind of brings me into the whole uh, another tip for the listeners out there is the uh, it, start thinking of it as. You would never go to, let's say, Spain. You would never go to Spain and expect to get along with every single person and like make a bunch of connections if you didn't know the language. Right. So, same thing goes into business. Like, learn business has its own language, and also different industries have their own language as well. Uh, for instance, like the food and bev industry, there's a whole side of language that goes into there that that just from me immersing myself going to these restaurants or bars and stuff like just like hearing and seeing how people interact and that helped with knowing how to say that language and then also too, working with like back in uh working with like high level things like like disney or all these different other corporate um, um companies is learning how like you know what their business buzzwords were mm-hmm. and what it means so And something that just like an example of how I've taken that uh, sort of language barrier and adaptation is uh, so in Charleston, it is so tough to get a mural project here. Like nobody wants to, there's just no budgets and also the city is not very hyped on any, it's very tough to get a mural approved in, in Charleston. But, and then when you do it's like a lot of times people associate the murals with being free and so i'm like how do i break away from this this you know mindset of like oh murals are free like some college kid will just do or something like okay well think about like as a business like what do businesses have they have budgets allocated for certain things through the year so why don't you change the verbiage of mural to advertisement. I guarantee mm-hmm. you that these businesses have an advertisement budget. Oh, they're spending a couple thousand on a billboard. <laughs> with some oh, terrible exactly. design
0: and on it, I'm sure. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah. And so now I've, I've been pitching the idea, like pitching to new clients and existing clients is like, listen, like a, a billboard on I-26 for a month is like $3,000. And that's for a month. You know, why don't you spend $3,000 know, on a mural at your location that is going to be there? How long do you want to be in business? Like, how long is your business going to go? Like, and you're going to have that for that many, you know, $3,000 for that big of an investment, you know? Mm-hmm. It's And then they, they kind of click to him. They're like, oh, wow, you know? And then, but just to get the conversation going is like, I call them wall advertisements now, That's <laughs> I don't what call them murals
0: Especially if it's, like, their logo or something. Yeah, exactly. It's just hand-painted signage, which takes skill. (laughs) So you should pay for it. No, I always think about that, too, because, like, when I'm licensing images or doing, like, quoting commercial numbers for big gigs, and usually bigger businesses get it because they're just hemorrhaging money on X, Y, and Z. Like, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: just, you know for them to hire an agency to like correct a word in a PDF probably cost them a couple thousand dollars. You know, like, peop- yeah. big businesses are just hemorrhaging money. But like some of the smaller companies don't always have that mindset of like, oh, it costs this much to get a photographer. It costs this much to get a logo made. It costs this much for me to come cover yeah. your event. But then they'll go turn yeah. around and like you said, they'll pay for a billboard every month for 10 years, probably a three grand a month. <laughs> and I'm like, how are you able to value that at that level? But like you can't pay a couple hundred dollars for me to come out and photograph some things
1: totally it's just
0: so weird to me how sometimes businesses like just the allocation of budgeting is so interesting Um, yeah
1: people get stuck in their ways very you know and especially like bigger companies like that like I mean well and even just anything like it's it's kind of just the mentality of like hurting the sheep like the sheep are just like oh this is everybody else does it like this so Mm -hmm. I have to do it this way yeah Uh, and even that goes with small businesses. Like, well, I want to be a big business, and all the big businesses do this, so like, I got to do that too. It's like, no, like, get creative, and that's the thing. And like, and then when you too, like, when they hear, so like the the word of like advertisement, they say, okay, there's a cost associated with putting that out there, but they're like, oh, well, it's exposure; people will see that, and then I'll be able to generate revenue. So I think that's what helps as well. Is like, if when you pitch a proposal to them. Is them being able to make the connection of like, if I invest this money into this service, I, I can get X out of my return. And that's going like, and that's like big business stuff. It's like, all right, I'm going to invest this million dollars into this startup company. And I see it being, you know, like, I'm going to invest into this Uber thing because it sounds like a great idea and I can make X amount of money off of it. It's like, it's, it's that same it mentality.
0: It's the same type of gamble. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Totally, yeah. I like and I feel like that like with photography. Well, go ahead. That um oh yeah, I was just say like like with uh, photography um is just putting it out there as like people associate with with imagery so fast and people are going to be consuming this this content and we need to have this face. Essentially, you're creating still life, you're, you're creating a TV show, a channel for this business mm-hmm. and your still life photography is going to bring that into there and you keep them relevant. Like, cause you, I mean, pushing the fact, like you want to be in that daily scroll, that daily scroll for those, for their clients. So, I mean, I know I'm golfing like a little tangent, but no, I'm just thinking no, like that. It's interesting.
0: Cause it's the same stuff I always think about. Like we were talking about like, if you pass a billboard going 80 miles an hour on the highway, you see it for five seconds and maybe you remember it, maybe you don't. Or Mm -hmm. you could, as a business, allocate your funds. Not to say billboards are not helpful because they they are, but just maybe, you know, there's other ways. And, like, how is that any different than, like, paying? A photographer or a designer to create some cool content that you can post at your own leisure on your own social media. Probably save some money on man hours. Pay probably a little yeah. bit less to the designer or photographer than you would have for the billboard that you probably yeah. had to pay to get designed anyways. And yeah. you know, and you might have a little bit more control over things. And I, the most solid brands out there, I haven't seen billboards for them. I mean, you know, everything's on digital too these yeah. days. And if you can just spend your money creating a stronger brand presence you can have mm-hmm. it talk for you and the word of mouth will come versus putting 18 casino billboards in a row on the highway. Right. Yeah. It's a big thing around here. And like I said, not to huh. diss billboards because they do work, but I think small yeah. businesses that like that's the goal. Like we got to get a billboard. I'm like, why don't you just spend half the money on a cool local creative person to help create something a little more unique and then it'll probably still be as effective because yeah. you can't really track the metrics on billboards either. You just know how many People may have passed it, but you don't know how many people actually yeah. looked at it or took action from it. So how's it any different? I don't know. I'm just all amped up now about billboards.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, totally. And and something too I, I thought about as well is like when you get like with so businesses out there, like when you hire a a small business or local designer, or photographer, uh, and also too you're you're investing in your community mm-hmm. and. People can sniff out authenticity so well on social media. And, I mean, it's something that I, I learned from talking with, you know, uh, some of the people at Crop was, like, some of the people with the biggest, like, social media followings like, some of them don't even, like, post a lot. Like, you know, thing like, mm-hmm. Michael, like, I mean, he posts a couple of bits, and he's, like, you know, I, I, just, I just post what excites me. Like, I don't try and sell anything. It's, like, and people... People can sniff that out. So, if you, when in businesses, invest into somebody, if, if they like the, the style or the direction or the vision that, that X person has, like invest in that person because mm-hmm. then that's going to give a subliminal message to your clientele that, hey, like, I, we care about our brand and we care that our brand wants to associate with somebody doing something cool. And we want to invest in that, too. Mm-hmm. And then people are going to feel that. And they're like, you know what? Like, I, I really feel, you know, uh, a movement with this. Like, I want to invest in this company with my dollars. Like, it, I mean, <laughs> it's funny. I feel like I'm, like, talking to, it, uh, I feel like I'm doing, like, a business pitch right now. But, <laughs> I, but I but I never, like, I never seek it out to, like, I'm trying to, I'm just trying to be real with people. Like, mm-hmm. we're all, businesses cost money to run like you have to have cash flow so let's talk about cash flow how do we make that happen but how do we make that happen without losing our integrity mm-hmm. so
0: well like you said and when I, you're investing in the community of local creators they're doing the advertising for you too like if I get to work with a cool new restaurant I'm so excited to post my photos I took of that restaurant and someone who follows me might go right? eat at a restaurant just because they saw I photographed totally. there I do the same thing with bands all the time oh, so totally. many bands yeah,
2: yeah.
0: I have gone to go see live because other photographers have posted pictures that looked cool so I'm like, I don't even have to listen to the music. The photos looked cool. I'm going to go see that band because now I've heard of them. It's the same thing. And so if if branding, like exactly. I judge all books by covers because branding and design work is so important. I buy <laughs> albums based off album covers. Like yeah. if I've bought merch yeah. at a show because I'm just like, I like that t-shirt. Now I have to go listen to the band so I'm not a poser. And then I become a fan of the band because I like the freaking graphic design on the t-shirt. Like... All the creatives are doing the advertising oh, for the yeah. businesses too, so if you pair up as a business owner with someone cool and local, their whole network is gonna want to come be a part of it because they're gonna be like, oh, Sally took pictures of this cool place, I wanna go see it too, whatever, so. Yeah,
1: no, totally agree. I mean, it, essentially you just become a brand ambassador. Like, yeah, it's like you're almost like an unpaid brand ambassador. Like, uh, that kind of, actually I didn't make that connection, my good friend Ryan who uh, runs a business here called Lunch and Recess or a film production agency? They he he was like giving me shit. He's like, uh, he's like, hey man, let's go get lunch. He's like, oh wait, he's like, uh, I guess we got to go to one of you know one of your clients' restaurants because uh, you know you only eat where you get paid from. I'm like, oh <laughs> dude, what a- whatever. I was like, that is not it. I was like, I just I love to eat at those places because they support me, mm-hmm. you know, and
0: yeah. they also
1: have banging food. So. Yeah, um, and sometimes you get so, discounts like, on the food if you do work for them. <laughs> um, right, so, but he's like, yeah, he's like, I, he's like, no, he's like, I'm just busting your balls, man. He's like, but really, he's like, I guess they, yeah, when people hire seven, they don't just get the design work, they also get like a brand ambassador too because I really care about it because I know how hard it is to start up a business and feel like nobody gives a shit. Mm-hmm. So um, people invest in seven and they're doing similar things and trying to build their stuff up. Like I take that to to heart, and I'm like, how do I want? I want to hear your story. I want to figure out who you are, why you matter, mm-hmm. like how we're gonna create this emotional connection between you and your clientele. Like that's like that's what fascinates me, and I get super hyped on that. And I want I want to work with people who have a, a, a deep passion for what they do or sell. You know?
0: Yeah, you want to be a fan of your clients, and you want them to be a fan of you too.
1: yeah, hundred percent.
0: Well, that was like a perfect note to end on, I feel like. I'm all pumped <laughs> up now. My my summertime yeah. blues are going away. I'm, I'm getting right? blinded by the sun in my window right now. Um, no, <laughs> So with that being said, where can everyone follow Seven? Huh? See what I did there? Because isn't that your website? Like, follow Seven. Uh,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> where can everyone yeah. follow Seven Which, and see all your stuff? Oh,
1: uh, yeah. Well, just to clarify with that, uh, I did the whole follow com was never to be like associated with like oh follow me on social media it 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 honestly started before I was even into social media Uh it started as because the whole concept is like seven wants to be this entity that can work anywhere in the world okay And, and and when you would go to the website it would be like hey follow along look where seven's working at now and it's just funny like how social media is evolved, and it's like oh is he really just trying to say like oh follow my Instagram no, I like something? that double like,
0: meaning though because it, you really it still means the same thing it's just following along with what you're doing but online uh-huh. <laughs> um, well yeah so where can everyone yeah. go
1: so uh, the website is follow7.com uh, side note it is dated there's a new update coming soon um, I know that that's like every desire, and everything like oh the website is always the last thing but it's in the works getting updated uh but also too on social media you can find us on instagram at, at the number seven and then a visual craftsman okay. so all right now so cool. if you just type type in the number seven and a visual craftsman i'm pretty sure it'll pop straight up Sweet.
0: Uh, i'm gonna link all that yeah. in the show notes, and so you're gonna go find you too oh i'm in my dog's instagram account right yeah. now i almost do stuff on his account all the time on accident. Um, yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I feel like this was a really like good conversation.
1: Yeah, no, I love doing these things just because like I, I want to give value to people as much as I can. I, I love mm-hmm. to engage with people, and um, I don't know. I think it is a unique thing like that. I, I feel so thankful that like the business is so successful now. That and I, I just think back to those times where I was so self conscious about everything and just like in the shit with so much stuff that if I can offer just the slightest bit of help to people who are in, in the shit and the struggle mm-hmm. right now then that makes my heart feel good so
0: well, that's like the entire purpose because I podcast. know I appreciate
1: right well yeah. and, and too it's like I know how much I appreciated people who helped me along the way and I, I just want to pay that forward too and yeah going back to the whole podcast thing doing what you want like I I am doing literally what I want, and it's it is. People still, they're like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, you get to do this and that and that. and I'm like, they think it's this magic formula. I'm like, no, it's not this magic formula. You just have to make the commitment to do it, mm-hmm. and you have to stick with it and work hard. It's even when it's, you have The only magic dollars. formula is <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the only magic formula is it's not easy. Like you have right. to know how to. You got to be a fighter. That's it. That's that's the key. <laughs>
0: Well, one of the best things I ever heard was if owning a business was easy, then everyone would do it. And not everyone does it, so.
1: <laughs> totally, right?
0: Yeah. But yeah, no, I think this has been a very beneficial conversation. I love getting into it with other creative entrepreneurs because I'm very nerdy in that whole self-help movement. I love it all. So I, I love to hear other people talk about how they got started. And it's very inspirational. I mean, it sounds cheesy to say, but like it's inspirational to hear other people's like struggles.
1: Mm-hmm. Totally. And And something, too, I'd like to add just to the listeners is please reach out like I you know you know message me on Instagram send me an email like I, I do make a conscious effort to get to every single person in a timely manner and like I just because like I've got this all this stuff looks like I got all this stuff going on doesn't mean that I'm not a human too I'll still reach out and help you out as much as I can so
0: yeah, and ditto on my end, except for not DM because I am so bad at responding to them. So just email me. <laughs> yeah, <You're> right. <laughs> I literally have like so many just sitting that I need to deal with. But Instagram is like almost a full time job, y'all. Okay. Yeah, for well, sure. thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm going to go do this shoot and then have a beer afterwards. So I'll be having a beer with you in spirit later on today. Awesome. Hey y'all thanks so much for listening to do what you want radio as always you can find all the tools and links that are referenced in this week's episode at dowhatyouwantradio.com in the show notes if listening to this podcast has brought you any value at all please take a moment to go subscribe rate and review do what you want radio so that I can continue to reach creatives just like you and me doing this podcast is a lot of fun but it takes a lot of work as well and I do it all by myself so I really appreciate those of you who keep listening week after week. You've already dedicated a lot of your time to listening to my voice, talking too fast probably, but if you're not tired of me yet, you can keep up with me, my photography work, and the creative services, products, and workshops I offer at jordanheffler.com and at jordanheffler on Instagram. If you wanna be hardcore informed, subscribe to my weekly newsletter to get a free branding worksheet, as well as weekly tips and promotional offers for my digital products and merchandise, like Lightroom presets, Instagram overlays, t-shirts, hats, and everything else you didn't know you needed. You can sign up at jordanheffler.com slash subscribe. Thanks again for tuning in to Do What You Want Radio. I just want to let you know that you're probably doing a great job and you probably deserve a beer. So
2: go get one. See you next week.